Don't think of how you can get the most money out of your customer. What you want to think about is how can I get the most value so whenever they come back, they come back to me. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're talking about getting your business model right. And I've got a special guest, Captain Hoff. Here he is. How are you doing? Joel, it's great to be here. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. So uh, for our uninitiated listeners, could you just give us a little bit of background on who you are and why they should listen to you? Sure. So I am a venture capitalist and I run Founders Space. And Founders Space is a global startup accelerator. Work all over the world, hundreds of startups, helping them basically launch their businesses, go to market, raise capital, do everything they have to do to be successful. I'm also an author. So one of my more recent books is Surviving a Startup, which is all about everything startups need to know to actually succeed. Awesome. Awesome. And in terms of when we say getting your business model right, what do we mean? So getting your business model right is really critical. Now, most entrepreneurs, you know, they don't think too deeply about this. They're more worried about like, I'm going to get the product out there. I'm going to, you know, figure out the customers, sell it, which is really important. But you also need to think, if I'm going to grow this business, what type of models work best over time? And I will tell you, if you have a product or service that you sell once to the customer, and then the customer goes away and you don't see them again, really tough model. That, and the reason is because you have two big expenses as a, as a company. One is your employees, and number two is customer acquisition. It costs you a lot of money to acquire customers. And when you get a customer, you should never let them go. So whatever you're thinking of for your business, think of, can I get this customer? Can How do I keep the customer? And there are different ways to do this. So first of all, uh, one is providing value. If you continue to give the customer value over time, they will stick with you. But the other element that's really important is locking your customer in. So basically, you know, customers, even if they're getting value, if they get a little better value somewhere else, they'll just jump ship because it's cheaper and they'll go there. So when, when you're designing your business model, when you're thinking your business, most businesses that are successful, small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses, doesn't matter. They do two things. They get recurring revenue from the customer, repeated revenue over and over, and they get locked the customer in. And I can talk to you about different ways of locking the customer in because that's really important. Great. So I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit of honesty. Uh, around our business model and what's changed. And then you can talk talk us through those ways of locking customers in. So we're a marketing agency. Uh, it's on a retained basis. And I naively used to think contracts weren't worth the paper they're written on. Or a contract is only as good as if you're willing to enforce it. And what happened when the pandemic hit was... <laughs> All of our customers overnight said goodbye, and we didn't really have anywhere to go. Whereas now, everybody's uh, contracted in for a year. 
there's no small print. It's all very open and obvious and clear, you know, that people know the deal they're on. But I can sleep at night knowing that my bills are going to get paid the following day. That's absolutely a great way to lock customers in, you know, longer term contracts. And you can do it also by providing value, like saying, look, if you retained us on a short term basis, it's going to cost you twice as much. You know, you're going to save a huge amount of money signing up with us for a year. Um, and then so that's one way. And that's a, a really good way, especially for a services type business. Sure. But there are other ways you can think about it. So uh, other ways that are really important for locking customers in are when a customer comes to you, uh, you there are different companies do it in different ways. So some companies do it through building what we call platforms. Mm -hmm. Now, platforms are a, a way to engage a customer. So Amazon has a platform. Facebook has a platform. Google has a platform. Let's take Amazon. So it's a real, it's something, you know, very simple. It's really easy to go to another e-commerce provider, like really easy. Why do people keep going back to Amazon? Some people don't even like Amazon, yet they shop at Amazon. <laughs> so Jeff Bezos, you know, says, you know, people can switch where they buy something online. Super easy. One way he locks it in, uh, he gives Amazon Prime. So again, you are paying this annual subscription. It's not quite a contract, but you put the money in upfront and people want to get value out of that money. So when they paid Amazon Prime, they stick with Amazon psychologically thinking, I got to get value out of this. Even if they could save more money shopping somewhere else, they just don't bother. And the, why do they subscribe to Amazon Prime? Well, number one, Amazon Prime gives them uh, oh, it's really worth the money, right? <laughs> you get a lot of perks for Amazon Prime, you know, especially if you use their video service, their, you know, their expedited shipping, all the different things. That was one strategy. But, you know, Amazon smart, they had to go further. So they do other things. Number two, uh, Amazon has created a marketplace. So what they have done is they've gotten buyers and sellers. And the more sellers they get on there, the more buyers they attract. So as a buyer, you're like, wow, I can put in one thing. It's really quick. And I get a huge number of, you know, different choices and it's going to find me the best price. So mm -hmm. that's a great way of locking people in, giving them that value. Um, and then the more buyers they get, the more sellers come, the more sellers, the more buyers, they get the biggest marketplace. Most people who are selling, uh, they don't want to put up their, their products on every store online. It takes too much work to manage. So they always go to the biggest one. So they created this network effect, again, locking in their sellers and their buyers into this marketplace. Another great way. Third way, reviews. So Amazon, what they do is they allow you to review the products. Well, every time you review a product, you actually add value to the platform. So I call this an ecosystem. They're creating an ecosystem where every the more people participate, the more value is created for everyone. So the more sellers participate, the more value for buyers. The more buyers participate, the more value for sellers. The more buyers review products, the more value for other buyers. So just by participating, and then Amazon's gathering data off of all these interactions between all these things and guiding people to the best deals as efficiently as possible, again, creating value for everybody, the more people use it. That locks people in and makes it very hard for competitors to compete at that level. Then Amazon 
does things like the fastest shipping, like they're always trying to cut their shipping times down. They make returns super easy, even though it was it costs them a lot of money to do all these returns and make it so simple. They do it. I mean, even on Amazon, I bought products and they say, don't bother returning it. Just keep it because, you know, it's too expensive for, for, for them to pay for the shipping back. And they just let me keep it. They're losing money. But in the end of the day, they're locking their customers into this value creation. This is something. So no matter what your business, there are different ways to lock people in. And I say, like, even in a services business like you, uh, you have a services business. How can you lock your customers in for longer durations? How can you? So there are different ways. You could create an ecosystem. So it's not just you providing value to them. Maybe you band together with other service providers who do different things really well. And you have this these ongoing contracts that uh, basically you're sharing the revenue amongst a group of people, but it's giving you uh, the customer even more value by sticking with you that they can't get elsewhere. And your services business, but if you look at other B2B businesses like Salesforce, how do they lock customers in? Like Salesforce is, it was early on, so they gained a lot of traction early on, but they do not have, Salesforce does not have the best, uh, the least, quickest, most intuitive CRM anymore. It's bloated. Uh, it's, it's not as that easy to learn and it's expensive. Like it's definitely not the cheapest. There's all these competitors out there who have cheaper, leaner, easier to use solutions. Why don't people go to them? Well, they've locked their customers in. How did they do it? They brought, they said, well, we can't provide all the value. So they brought in other developers on the Salesforce platform to create add-ons to Salesforce that keep increasing the value. So when you look at Salesforce today, you're not looking at Salesforce, you're looking at Salesforce and a legion of developers out there who've created different modules that allow Salesforce to do things that no other CRM platform could do. So like, if you need these features, you got to go to Salesforce. Now, why don't other people have those features? Well, they can't afford to develop them all, first of all, because a lot of them are niche. And secondly, um, they can't even attract the developers because the developers don't want to go to a new platform with very few customers. It's not worth their time. So they created this moat, what we call a moat around their business. When you're, you know, for all your listeners out there, when they're thinking, these are the key things. Keep increasing the value above competitors. Create a, a moat to protect. Create an ecosystem so that the more everybody in your ecosystem is participating, the more value you're creating for everybody. Those are very powerful tools. Incredible. Incredible. And I, I love that. I love that. Uh, what you're doing is you're adding value. You're not trapping people. And it's diff that's, that's a completely different take on it. Yeah. And you're not trying to get the most money out of people. Like when I tell people out there, don't think of how you can get the most money out of your customer. People, customers know it, you know, when they're trying to nickel and dime you, you know, airlines and stuff like that, where they're trying to, yeah, yeah. what, what you want to think about is how can I get the most value? So whenever they come back, they come back to me. Like that, that is the absolute simplest way. So, you know, in your business, a services business, which is harder, let's say, than than the businesses I described that are software-based businesses. Yours is a human-based business. But always be thinking about what more can I give my customer that won't take up my time, uh, but will give them value? Because your time is your commodity. Like in a services-based business, your time, you can't uh, get more time. <laughs> so what you, you need to do is you want to uh, have your time maximized. So are there other people you can bring in 
uh, other services that you can offer at a super discounted price or super cheap, other ways of doing things uh, that you can do that make it so much easier for the customer. So much. And, you know, I've had service providers that literally what they do is they go to their customers and they're continually asking, you know, what are things we could do better? What are headaches for you that we can solve? And some of them say simple things like, well, if I could see the whole process online and kind of where we are in the process at any time and share this with my team, that would be so useful. So they put it up as a Google Doc, right? Or, you know, a Google spreadsheet. And it's all there um, for every customer. Little things like that um, don't cost money. They're actually free that they change the process and the process itself can differentiate you from competitors and keep customers sticking with you. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give uh, some future plans away on the podcast. I don't mind. Uh, so we, uh, on some of our packages, we have to have monthly check-ins with our clients. So that will be myself or my business partner, Andy, or one of the senior account managers. And it's usually face-to-face -face or on Zoom with a client and normally it's just to check they're okay because they've got um they've got a live view of their data they know what's going on it's not it's just to ask questions check they're okay the problem is that's not scalable you reach a ceiling quite quickly unless you're willing to employ more staff so what we intend to do is every month we're going to put a live event on where all of these people can come at once there'll be an incredible speaker there'll be food That'll be interaction with myself, interaction with my business partner. Uh, actually, it will, sa it will save us time and money, but give way greater value to our client base. Great. And you just inspired me to think of another idea for you or any other service provider out there. Um, you know, there's value locked up in your other customers. So think about, uh, can your customers get value out of your other customers? And can you facilitate that? So there may be ways where your customers can get sales leads from other customers. Your customers can uh, do business together with other customers, complementary customers. Is there a way, so the more customers you get and the more you can connect them in a way that they wouldn't be connected from anybody else doing your business, boom, they love you, right? And this is a reason to stick with you because as soon as they go to somebody else, they lose that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's like an, one of the add-ons there we call it community. So when somebody comes into your business, they shouldn't just be a customer, they become part of your community and that gives them access to all of your other customers. Yeah, and other th things in your community. So I call it like when I'm thinking about uh, entrepreneurs, I call it building ecosystems. Like community, I see as a part of an ecosystem, the community, but the ecosystem itself is could be much bigger uh, in ways to doing business, you know, there can be software components, there can be, you know, in-person events, all these different things, building that, thinking of your business. I tell people, don't build products or services, build ecosystems. Think about the, you know, the most brilliant uh, uh, entrepreneurs ever to exist, like Rockefeller and others, you know, they, and and Steve Jobs, you name it, these amazing entrepreneurs, they didn't think of products or services they thought they were system thinkers. They thought of the entire system. You think of Steve Jobs, like why did he break through with the iPod? Like the iPod uh, was an MP3 player. Before the iPod, there were a lot of MP3 players. The market was crowded. It wasn't like he invented MP3 players. No, he just saw that people wanted to listen to music digitally. Like he saw that. And 
But what did he do? He built a whole ecosystem. He thought of the system from the top to the bottom. So all the other people, you know, didn't think about how people would get their music files. A lot of them were pirated, all the things. He he didn't b- just build that hardware piece. He built iTunes, the whole software piece and integrated it in. So it was so easy to get and manage your music. That is what you need to do with whatever business, whatever service you're providing, whatever product you're supp- uh, providing. There's much more than what you're doing to that business. That's awesome. So... For sort of uh, startup businesses, young businesses, businesses that are rapidly growing in their early stages, what are the common mistakes you see them make with their business model? Oh, so one of the biggest mistakes is not to iterate on your model, (laughs) to think you figured it out. I will tell you, you have never figured anything out ever because the world is always changing. Competitors are changing. Needs of your customers are changing. So if you are just sitting back and saying, oh, you know, we figured it out, you know, this is the best we can do. It's never the best you can do. You should always go to your business and say, what could we do better? What can we change? What do our customers need today that they aren't getting? Is like if you're in marketing, there are new platforms emerging all the time, new social networks, new marketing channels, new ways of doing things. You should be the first one on them. You should be introducing those to your customer. You should be figuring them out ahead of the rest of the market. They're, if you're just doing what worked for the past year, past five years, you're already becoming a dinosaur. So that um, that is one thing they do. They just they kind of figure it out, but then they rest on their laurels. And every business is there's nothing static in the world. Every business, everything is changing all the time. And you can always be tweaking uh, this iterative cycle of tweaking what you're doing. And you don't tweak what you're doing unless you ask really hard questions. Like, is there new technology out there that we can do this better or that our customers can get more out of? Like there are new platforms being born in marketing every single day. You're probably not testing them out because you're busy doing your, your business. Well, you have to carve out some time every day to go on these new platforms because they could totally change the landscape. Like for, for the type of, of services you deliver and the type of knowledge you get, you know, what, you know, a lot of marketing people, they, uh, you know, can you educate your customers? Can you put videos up there on the latest things? Can you make this research that you're doing for yourself actually valuable to your customers actually becomes content inbound marketing for your business because you're out there discovering all the latest stuff that's going on for yourself to keep you ahead but then you're also keeping all your customers ahead in a very easy way all of this people should be thinking about yeah i love that so something i encounter time and time again and i'll bring it up because it's happened today we'll sit with a client um who Maybe they've been in business a while, but they're still they're still quite fresh, and pricing is a real problem for them. What would be your advice in making sure uh, you're not either underpricing or pricing yourself out of the market? So the mistake most entrepreneurs make uh, is they underprice. Like they literally they price for their time, but only the time they're giving their client not the time that they spend (laughs) acquiring new clients, the time they spend doing all this little busy work that's hard to track, the time they spend just keeping their business running. They're just thinking, oh, what's the market rate for the hours I put in? Well, the problem is 
it's hard to charge more than kind of other people because everybody wants work. So they're, they're all competing on price, but it's really hard to make, to grow your revenue, especially when your time's limited, all that you can do is, you know, charge more or hire more people, which is hard in a talent-based business, like a services-based business, very hard to scale those, like hire more people. What do you do? You, the only way forward to actually increase revenue on a, on a, on, on a consistent per customer basis is to not just increase the value, but communicate the value. So instead of selling on price, you have to sell on value. What, and, and it's not the value, uh, it's a perceived value because you can be offering the value, but they don't perceive it as any more than anybody else. And then they just, they're, they're like, you're too expensive. Like <laughs> you're too, why are you charging 50% more than these other people out there? Uh, I will just go use them. That's because they, they don't actually see your value. So when you engage customers, when you put them through your funnel, what, even when your work want to retain them, you need to make sure that you are communicating the true value of what you're giving. You know, uh, the one way is the results. Like value, it, it correlates directly to the results they're going to get. It doesn't correlate to the time you put in. Like one person could put in an hour and get 10x the results of somebody else who isn't as good, uh, you know, and they, they'll put in the same hour, but the, the customer doesn't get the results from that person because they, so you, you need customers to understand, wow, if you work with me, we th consistently, this is what we deliver. We deliver 5X our competitors. And why do we deliver that? Well, because we do this and this and this because our customers, and here's the actual data, right? Like our customers increase their sales by this much, you know, and you look at other marketing people, they just don't do that. If you can communicate this upfront and on an ongoing basis to retain customers, all of a sudden price becomes less important because they feel like actually I'm paying 50% more, but I'm getting twice as much, right? So if I'm paying 50% more and I'm getting twice as much, I'm getting a good deal. I love that. That's so cool. Uh, I've got two final questions. I ask every guest these questions. My first question is what's the best mistake you've ever made and why? Ah, the best mistake I ever made. So, um, the best mistake I ever made was, so I was working as a TV executive in Hollywood. So I worked my way up the ladder really quickly. I've had many different positions in my life and um, I quit that job. And I, it was technically a mistake to quit that job because I was rising up really fast. My boss was like, you are crazy. Why are you quitting this job? Like, you know, you, you, you know, you're a young guy. You just got promoted. You've only been here a year. Why are you quitting? Well, I quit because I, I saw a future in merging technology and entertainment. And I was so curious about that. I wanted to do it. Now, for most people, that would be a horrible mistake. Like you're on a great career path and sort of a dream job. Why would you do it? Well, I'll tell you, we look at the world today, and this was back a while ago when technology and entertainment wasn't as big a thing. And we see that all of entertainment is technology, like driven today. So yes, and, and where I am today, where I wound up, I'm very happy with it. Awesome. Love that. That's so cool. And my final question, what's your favorite film? Ah, favorite film. So 
I love so many movies, but I'm going to pick one that is just a beautiful film uh, that it's an old science fiction film that people uh, probably haven't seen recently, but they should watch again. 2001 Space Odyssey. I thought that film was so prescient, so beautiful. You could never make that film today because it's slow. Like, but its slowness as it evolves is part of the beauty. And, you know, directors today are cutting fast and action, action. You, you know, the, Hollywood would never let that film be made today. Stanley Kubrick, one of the most brilliant directors ever. You know, every frame of every one of his films is thought out to the nth degree. Just watch it and, and revel in it. You have been a great guest. What's the best way for uh, a founding business to get in touch with you? So if you want to get in touch with me, super easy. Just go to founderspace.com. Founderspace, you can contact me right from the website. Tons of material, tons of videos, other material for entrepreneurs. Uh, check out my podcast, the Founderspace podcast, which you were a guest on. Uh, you can check out my books. <laughs> I, have, I have a bunch of books, Make Elephants Fly, all about that big idea for entrepreneurs changing your business, innovating, radical innovation, surviving a startup, just what it says. Like it's a lot of the advice I gave you today is in surviving a startup and much more. Um, and the five forces, all about technology changing the future. And so reach out to me there. You can also contact me on LinkedIn. I'm always there. I answer my LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you for being a brilliant guest. Thank you.